Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Clockwork Around Your Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the first three matches of Euro 2020. Well, and uh, I think this may be the first positive episode that me and Peter have done together because, uh, yeah, things are going pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I'm Finley, as you know. Peter's joining me. Um, so, have you put all your money on Holland winning the Euros yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I would if I had any money, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm keeping it uh, still pretty confident that Scotland is going to do it. So uh, I'm uh, going with a safe bet of Clark's legends. <laughs> to be fair, we were recording this a few hours before Scotland's game against Croatia, so uh, who knows what's going to happen by the end of it. Um, I was saying that. Obviously, the first episode we ever did together was the the story of Euro 2012, which was pretty depressing. Then we started doing more regular ones once Frank de Boer was appointed, which we've also generally been pretty depressing. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be this has really turned it all around now, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, on a, a whole new wave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Let's just get into it. Um, I'm sure I don't need to tell anyone listening the results, but in case you've had some some memory loss in the last few days or so then yeah we the matches so far were a 3-2 win against Ukraine a 2-0 win against Austria and a 3-0 win against North Macedonia and starting at the start with the Ukraine game I mean yeah what were your what were your thoughts on that uh, after full time obviously we well played some pretty exciting expansive football but also very nearly completely effed it all up <laughs> yeah well I was happy that they, they managed to recover after the uh, shipping the two goals at the end but um, yeah I was a, a bit more optimistic actually I, I saw a lot of problems obviously they had only played two games before that uh, with the the back three system and um I mean, heading into it, there were still just obvious glaring uh, problems that any good team would really take advantage of. But the way they looked, they had such a bright start, really lifted me a bit. Um, and yeah, it showed that they had actually made quite a lot of progress from the, the games against Scotland and Georgia. But yeah, they still looked shaky. There were still these big spaces in the between the midfield and the defence. I can see that just any quick team could really just yeah cut through them basically and have a real go at the back line if they just would take a, a, a smart, quick combination basically. So yeah, there were a lot of things that left me a wee bit worried, but the, the, the fact that they had made a decent amount of progress and looked threatening. I mean, the Ukraine goalkeeper had a really good first half. Um, they were pretty unlucky not to be ahead by half-time. Yeah, it was nice, obviously, to see Verkost and uh, Wijnaldum and obviously Dumfries get in amongst the goals. But, um, yeah, those two Ukraine goals were, were pretty stunning. The first one was obviously a magnificent strike, but in the build-up to it, the way the Dutch defence was set up was uh, just <laughs> really worrying. I mean, you had um, Ake and I think it was... Vindal, uh, I think. Yeah, Vindal, yeah, exactly. Um, they were like just really too close to each other, but also not doing anything. And they just left uh, Yarmolenko with that just beautiful uh, run-up to, to for the shot. But um, the second one, again, uh, was the header. 
Um, was a, a really nice goal, obviously, but yeah, it left me a wee bit worried. But yeah, that collapse was pretty terrifying, and I thought they had thrown it all away until they they popped up. Obviously, Dumfries is the hero of the tournament at the moment. Um, and I was just happy that they got the points. But I got a text from a friend of mine after it, and he he was so down on them. He hated this team. It was real funny. Um, he was just like, yeah, we should have just demolished them. And I was like, yeah, have you been watching this team? They've been pretty terrible. <laughs> I'm just relieved that they got three points. Yeah, I mean, if you, if, you, if you just look at the performance in terms of an t- attacking perspective, it was, I mean, it was night and day compared to the Scotland and Georgia games, wasn't it? We looked yeah. we looked so much more threatening, um, so much more cohesive. It was pretty fluid. I mean, I think we had something ridiculous, like 10 shots in the first, like, seven minutes or something crazy. Um which, uh, yeah, I mean, before the match, I was hearing about how apparently Ukraine's weakness was their goalkeeper. I was like, what the hell are these people been talking about? This guy's insane. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, going forward, I, I, I was so pleasantly surprised. It was it was better than even we looked under Kuman a lot of the time because that was always quite kind of, you know, structured and we'd need a moment of kind of magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, no, we looked really good. But then, obviously, I mean, even before we conceded the two goals, we didn't look very stable defensively. That was just like, I mean, De uh, Boer seemed to just decide that he wasn't going to play in midfield. <laughs> it was like, yeah. there was literally three centre-backs and that was it. The, the rest were attackers, which, yeah, pro- I guess made for the exciting football. But yeah, the amount of times Ukraine kind of hit us on the counter looked really threatening in the transition. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was worrying. It left me still sort of worried about what Daron's job was mm. yeah. um, because defensively he just wasn't. He, again, like we said after the two friendlies, like, there was no real protection from him and uh, for for the back line. And the only thing that he really seemed to help out with was just like covering Dumfries when he went forward uh, and moving into uh, moving wider. But yeah, there was just this massive hole, uh, and I couldn't figure out. What it is that he was he was supposed to do, um, and it was kind of a wee bit similar against Austria, but uh, uh, they were well, just a lot easier to contain. But yeah, that game, I was just I was like, he really has to either figure out a way to make him useful <laughs> off the ball, or you know, find put in. I mean, we've been we've been talking about coke miners a lot, um, but or as you mentioned uh, previously. Blending midfield would have been a good shout, um, yeah. and obviously that was difficult for this game because uh, De Ligt was out. But yeah, it left me with that. Just um, yeah, I was now well. I, I had already been convinced, but I was even more so like urgent about the need to to figure out how to how to fix that that bit in the midfield because yeah, you have, you have a good team. They're just going to demolish that, and I think that's still a problem. There's still those big holes. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, it was. I mean, we we played much more exciting uh, football against Ukraine, but it was re- it was the Austria game really that made me kind of genuinely believe that we could maybe go further than like you know the last sixteen, because I mean it was kind of switched around, wasn't it? In that we we didn't look quite as good going forward, but there weren't really any defensive issues, and I I, I know that was 
largely due to the fact that Austria didn't really show up and put their most creative player as the middle centre-back, um, which is a bit crazy. But, I mean, uh, there, there weren't th- those issues of kind of being hit on the counter, being completely like opened up in the, in the transition. I mean, they weren't as kind of concerning, I guess, I didn't think. Yeah, I mean, Austria lined up in pretty similar shape as the Netherlands, which I think made it easier for them to mark them. Um, but yeah, they, they they basically couldn't get out of their own half a lot of the time. And yeah, it was a lot stronger, a lot better. And yeah, as you say, the attack suddenly became the more the more worrying side of it. But yeah, I, I, I was a lot more... Um, confident about about that uh, after that game because well the clean sheet and the fact that they had just nullified the threat so convincingly it was interesting to see so much of the concern around Memphis Depay uh, after the game everybody like the pundits were all saying he's yet to hit top form and stuff I think he got a wee bit too much criticism because for me in that game they had Verhofft probably should have been taken off within like 20 minutes. Uh, I know he was really useful off the ball and that's that's the benefit you get from him. But mm. on the ball, he was genuinely pretty terrible. Uh, it was really frustrating for me. There was a bit too much of a gap uh, between him and Depay at times. And the way that Austria looked, I just thought, yeah, if you bring Marlon on, you can have these two combining and just blasting this team apart. Front two is still a conundrum for De Boer, I think. Um, it depends what sort of teams that you come up against. But overall, I think Malin deserves more of a chance. And yeah, that game against Austria was pretty decisive for me because I just couldn't get over Verkhoff. He was just, I found him really frustrating and really annoying. Yeah, I was quite surprised by Depay getting a bit of criticism and people sort of really underrating him, considering he has just been the absolute star for the national team for like three years now. There's no, and never any suggestion that you can drop him. He works so well with uh, Vinaldum, and yeah, I mean, he's working out the partnership with Vekost, but they, they have other problems <laughs> than Depay. Yeah, and I think... Well, I mean, the Austria game, as soon as Malin came on, Depay effectively created the second goal. I mean, he didn't obviously get the assist because Malin squared it to Dumfries, but it was it was Depay's little flick through uh, to play Malin in that, that created the goal. So, you know, I think that it kind of shows that he wasn't really the issue. It was just that maybe didn't him and Veghorst didn't really suit each other. I mean, he, you know, with Veghorst, he doesn't have a player that can make the runs in behind for him to play the ball through to, really. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, against North Macedonia, he, he that that was, again, really clear, wasn't it? Because, I mean, Depay looked at his best, really. You know, he yeah. got, got a goal. He got kind of two assists, if you count his shot that, that that was saved and went to Vinaldum and assist. Um I think, you know, I mean North Macedonia game kind of I mean, it was it was good, definitely. I mean we won three 0 obviously. We played some good football again, but it, in a weird way it provided more kind of 
questions than answers, I think, because yeah. we obviously Darun didn't play. Um, Gravenberch came in and Malin came in for Veghorst. And yeah, I mean, I think those are the, the two positions really that, that we need to look at, I guess. Um, first one, I mean, obviously, I think we were all pretty happy to see Gravenberch come in for De Bruyne, but it didn't, I, well, personally, I didn't really think that it worked. Um, mm. I thought him and De Jong were, were trying to do the exact same job, which actually made De Jong less effective, which is a big problem for us. And I think as well, neither of them kind of decided to stay back. Um, whereas Darun, I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. His only real kind of uh, use use against against Austria and Ukraine was kind of covering Dumfries, which you look at and you think, well, if that's all he's doing, why don't we just take him out of the team? But then against North Macedonia, so many chances were created in that area because Gravenberch wasn't or, or Frankie whichever one was on that side wasn't covering it I mean I, I think it showed that it's not just as simple as swapping in out Duron putting in Gravenberch and that solves all your problems is it it's quite uh well it's it's a problem area really isn't it yeah for sure I mean and that was the thing we had kind of talked about a lot before the tournament was that the midfield is is a is a real puzzle and it's really difficult to work out. I mean, I had insisted that Gravenberg and uh, De Jong can play together. And yeah, I'm uh, less uh, insistent on that now. <laughs> uh, I was, again, a bit like with uh, Weindahl uh, in one of the friendlies. I was quite surprised by how Gravenberg even looked on the ball. Uh, his, there was no, he's not got like the same imaginative passing that De Jong has. He, he, De Jong is a much more useful passer, but uh, I was surprised by how he had seemed like no bravery really what, uh, at all. He was just going sideways or back to the defence and, yeah, just a bit uh, hesitant. So I was quite surprised by not even just where he was, his positioning or anything, but even just him on the ball. He looked worse than I've ever seen him for Ajax. And he did have some sloppy, sloppy games for Ajax, but um, this was uh, confusing. and. Yeah, it's um, it, the same sort of problems that even with Daron. I mean, that that midfield is just such a problem. Uh, if you've got Daron or you've got Havenberg there, then you've still got the same thing, which is that a a team can really just tear apart that that massive gap, um, and and really put the the defence under pressure. Um, again, how do you solve it? Um, maybe blend is the right option. It looks like Cope Miners isn't going to get any minutes at all in this tournament, so we can forget about him. Yeah, um, unless we get a penalty shootout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to see what the Bull's going to do. I mean, because he has to fix this some way. It needs a massive turnaround from Daron, um if, if he's going to stick with him, or they need to just change the shape completely. Uh, which they did in the second half against North Macedonia, obviously. Um, went to a bit more of a 4-3-3. And De Boer's kind of optimistic about that. He said it's more like a 3-4-3 on the ball. But he also said that the system itself isn't really that important, which I agree with. But yeah. it's these fine details, these wee balances in like the midfield and uh, with Marlon and Depay. 
Um, yeah, these sort of fine details that make such a big, big difference. And yeah, it's, it's a strange um, luxury problem to have. Of I mean, you've got the, you've got so much possibility with that midfield, but yet he can't actually get the get them in the right place. No, and it's it's yeah. I think it is. I mean, yeah, like we've like we've said, it's not as simple as just swapping in Gravenberg because I don't think he's got the skills for that position either. But I don't. I guess that midfielder, that Darren Rowe, you need someone who generally sits back, protects the defense, but kind of you know we play such a aggressive kind of um, pressing style that they need to know when to close down as well. Um, and I get, I, I, we haven't really found that balance yet. And I mean, well, Blind, I'd say, is probably the most intelligent player we have. So I think he could do it. But, and it, it, as well, I thought against North Macedonia, we played the 4 3 3 in the second half. And we didn't have any of those issues with the midfield. It was just a kind of a flat three with uh, De Jong staying a bit deeper. And I mean, we didn't look anywhere near as vulnerable. So. Mm-hmm. It does make me think, you know, it is possible to solve. It's just uh, solving it within that kind of 5-3-2 we play is, yeah, proving difficult. Um, but you'd like to think, I mean, if you look at the progress we've made over the matches with the formation, you'd like to think it is going to get better for the next match. Um, looking further forward, I think it's a bit of a, a happier situation in the the midfield it is kind of a bit of a worry who do we play there whereas in attack it's very much a luxury choice isn't it you've got Veghorst and Malin both both who I think they both offer a lot um mm. I don't think either of them are kind of objectively bad options I think they offer completely different things and Veghorst yeah he's a lot better off the ball with his pressing closing down um He's a good outlet, I think, for Stakelenburg if we want to get it out. He can win it, hold it up. Um, and ultimately, he has scored a goal. Should have really set up a goal if Memphis didn't miss that sitter. Um, <laughs> and then you've got Mallon, who's kind of completely different, isn't he? He's a lot quicker. He's a lot more creative. He's a, I think he gives Memphis a bit more freedom because he can do what Memphis does as well. So they maybe link up a bit better. Um I mean, it's I don't know. It's a tough decision, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like the Bill said um, against after the Macedonia game. It depends on who you're playing against. I think it, it, it is important to know um, if you have a if you have a uh, coming up against a back line that plays quite high, then you're just going to want to blast them with speed. In which case, it's no doubt you've got Malin and Depay. Yeah. But uh, if they're going to play deeper. Um, and you have to be, yeah, you have to attack in a, a different way. Then Verhorst is really good because he keeps, he's going to keep those centre backs busy, um, and you can sort of win a bit more space upfield, um, and yeah, give Memphis a bit more space to to get going, bring Ronaldum into the into the attack, um, and then obviously you've got Dumfries and Van Aanholt uh, occupying space as well, and that you just have. Yeah, you just you can just keep that back line busy and and push them back a bit. Um, so yeah, these are the the key sort of details. But yeah, still, I would my first choice would be Marlin. I think on most occasions, um, I just he's been 
wonderful for PSV. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I was really excited by him against Austria and against Macedonia. I thought he was, um, yeah, just, he deserves a place in this team. But uh, yeah, it's not like Verhorst doesn't add anything. And uh, yeah, it's good that they have that versatility of options. They're not just making like for like replacements. Definitely. <laughs> Is a, a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, I think like as as fans, as spectators, you kind of uh, you want things to be clear cut in a way. You want to know how the team plays, which system, which players are going to start, and everything. Where it's not really that simple, and, and it is good. We have, I mean, we have options in terms of formation. We can switch to a, a back four. We got options in terms of strikers. Um, yeah, like you said, I think if we come up against a team that that sits deep, a bit like Ukraine did, then I think Vekost is really good to have because he occupies the defenders. He gives us the option of being able to kind of lump the ball into box from the wing backs. So he can hold up the ball better than Malin, I think. So, yeah, if we if we come up against, say, Wales in the quarterfinals or something, if we get there, then you'd probably pick him. But, I mean, in terms of bigger teams, like... Portugal, for example, who it looks like we could end up playing um, in the last 16, then then you'd think maybe Malin's a better option. But um, I mean, it is ultimately it's a really it's a really good uh, good problem to have, and it's a position like I I wouldn't be too worried whoever's picked there. I don't think. Yeah, um, I mean, as long as you know, as long as, as yeah, if you know what sort of defence you're coming up against, then you can make a pretty decent uh, estimate of who's best but um, yeah yeah, I agree with you. I mean they're the two question marks I think in terms of a team selection. The rest is pretty much set I think and I mean what, what have you thought of it in general? Any other areas you're worried about? Any players that stand out in a good or bad way? I mean obviously everybody's raving about Dumfries which has been uh, pretty good. Uh, Vinaldum for me has just been wonderful uh, I really love him for the national team. Obviously, the great night last night, but yeah, he's just he just he's just awesome. <laughs> I really love him. And De Jong, I think, has been quality as well. Uh, I mean, as you say, he was kind of hindered a bit against North Macedonia by Kravenberg, and the two of them sort of playing too similar. But um, against Austria, I thought he was quality, and and yeah, he just has. He's just such an awesome midfielder. And I was looking up like some stuff that I had written about him over the years until left Ajax and I actually forgot how much I had covered and it's just it's amazing to see him grow into the player that he's become. And uh, he's just so much fun to watch when he's playing well. It's nice to enjoy the national team again at some point. So even if they have been kind of frustrating at bits, I mean it's easy to focus like with we do on their own and, and the problem of uh, Verhorst and Marlin, but uh, it's nice to just to have highlights instead of just watch a, a team of 11 who are playing like just complete strangers uh, and are going to lose to any team that they come across. Um, Van Anhol on the, on the left wing, I think, uh, has, has added a lot. I mean, it's I was pretty optimistic about Vindal at first. I think he's quality, but for this system, it's obvious that Van Aanholt is the is the one, and he's 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 um, he's slotted in well and done his job. Overall, um, 
considering the expectations we had before the tournament, <laughs> it's nice to be uh, a bit more happy. I mean, I'm still not massively impressed by them because, of, yeah, from what I say, I mean, a good team is just going to demolish them, but the expectations were always going to be pretty low. Uh, unless you are Dutch, in which case nothing's good enough apart from winning the whole thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. It seems. It's it's insane, like, that people are still so critical of De Boer after, like, the record, you know, three wins, pretty good wins, you know, generally looked good all over the pitch. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think as well, I think Frankie and Van Aldem have been the the standouts probably, as well as Dumfries. Um, I think, yeah, they 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 they've probably been our best players. I think they uh, uh, we're just uh, we're so dangerous going forward when you've got wing backs bombing forward, and then you've got De Jong and Vinaldum in the midfield. You've got Memphis dropping deep. I mean, there's so many options. There's so many ways that you can kind of break a team down. And defensively, I mean, it's a weird one defensively, isn't it? Because you look at it and you think, God, we look so dodgy at the back. I mean. The amount of times the teams counter-attack us. But like individually, Blind, De Vrij and De Ligt, I mean, they've all been great, really, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. It's been, uh, it is a lot about just the, the system and knowing when to press, when to uh, close people down and, and, yeah, figuring out the positioning and stuff. But, yeah, individually, they are, they are solid. Um, and, yeah, it's Blind is... Such a difficult one because you don't know exactly where he would be best suited. Uh, I think he's been fine at centre-back, obviously. But yeah, as you said, in the midfield, he would really add something to just the protection of the back line itself. But also, I mean, you've seen how he is uh, in the build-up in the defence. He's been His passing yeah. has been in quality. I think he would, even in, mid, in midfield again, he would um, add a bit more in the actual building up of attacks as well if he was there so he would there would be two benefits uh, so um, yeah I think it's uh, he's he's the one for me I think to be honest with you even though I've been really optimistic about Kravenberg and yeah we have to give up the game of Coke Miners but yeah I think um, you have enough quality in the centre back positions I mean Timber has been there's been no problems with him um, he's just been unlucky to have to be dropped. He had somebody had to lose out, and it kind of makes sense that it was him. But I would be totally fine if it was Devry, Timber, and Delict, uh, or Ake. Ake really, yeah. it's really impressive that the positions are so stacked to those key areas. The criticism of De Boer is a tough one because he's. Showing some flexibility and a bit of courage, really, in switching to this system so quickly before the tournament and really sticking with it. But I still think that they would probably be better with a back four and just going with a traditional 4-3-3. But, yeah, I'm not really going to criticise him too much for, for what he's done here because it's those two... Positions aren't easy to solve. Um, the midfield and up front, and yeah, to just go with this and, and stick with it is something that I never expected of him. 
And I was really expecting to come away from this tournament just blasting him again like we have done ever since he left Ajax and yeah. before. We were so optimistic about having Koeman take a team led by Memphis Depay into this tournament and De Boer was, had a difficult job in, in stepping into that and he's, yeah, he's come out of the group stage with leaving it with some optimism and that's, that's a big step for a team that really, yeah, we were, we were pretty worried about just like two weeks ago. So I didn't think we'd win the Ukraine game. I genuinely didn't. I, I thought that they'd sit back. We'd have absolutely nothing in attack. We'd be really toothless. And then they'd maybe hit us on the counter. But I think that's been the biggest shock for me. Uh, off the ball defensively, we've kind of looked how I expected us to look. Pretty, even with the individuals we have in, in terms of a defensive structure, it's pretty dodgy. But I mean, going forward, I was saying before we started recording, when I think of like attacking football that the Dutch have played, for me personally, who doesn't remember tournaments pre-2004, really, because we didn't qualify for 2002 World Cup, for me, this is maybe like the best football I've seen us play. Um, you know, up there were Euro 2008, because obviously 2010, we did not play good football. It was very much get the results. Um, 2012 was just a complete disaster. <laughs> 2014 was give the ball to Robin counter attack, and then after that, until now, it's been pretty terrible on the whole, hasn't it? So, yeah. I mean, this is kind of, in a lot of ways, it is. It's the most Dutch team we've had at a major tournament in quite a while, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely since uh, 2008 for sure. It's nice that they have sort of being able to get something out of this generation instead of it just being another lost one. Um, and so, and they have so much talent to work with. And uh, yeah, I had the same expectation about the Ukraine game. I thought a draw would, was going to be what they would come away with. And it looked like it was going to be for a bit. But um, yeah, the fact that they got the three points from that just lifted it so much. And I was expecting more from, the, from Austria. I was really amazed at how Stecklenburg had nothing to do f- yeah. until like the like the eighty seventh minute or something. In fact, did he even ever have anything to do? I think he made uh, one save. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like really a, from, from a header. Yeah, that back post header. That's all yeah, I can remember. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was surprised by just how out of it they were. And yeah, North Macedonia. It could have been so much more. Um, than it was so yeah they've they've done their job and they've looked pretty good doing it for for most of it and um, for me the expectation was well the uh, my hope was that they would make it out of the group stage and whatever happened after that would be fine they've done that still think they actually yeah as you say they have a good chance of going further but it just depends who they come up against in, in the next round and yeah, it's, it's a good sign so far. Let's take a look ahead to that. Let's So, at the time of recording, um, we're either going to get Portugal, right? Probably, assuming they finish third in the last 16, or we're going to get uh, a, a Croatia or Scotland or Czech Republic, depending on what the... what Or even England, depending on what the hell happens in that chaos of a group. Um <laughs> I mean, first of all, let's. I think Portugal probably are the most likely option. So, let's imagine we get Portugal in the last sixteen. 
what are what 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 do you think the chances are there? I um I don't know. Portugal are looking all right. I mean, they had obviously get demolished by Germany, but they looked pretty good at times in that game, and they obviously just hammered Hungary. But um, yeah, I think Portugal might would probably beat them. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think it would be a, a pretty tough tough one. It, it's definitely not a match I want because, I mean, it's a very good team. Individual quality-wise, it is pretty unbelievable, really. But, I mean, can you just Im- imagine what a win would do for the team? If we if they beat Portugal, who have been, been the bogey team for the over the 21st century for Holland really. <laughs> yeah, I mean beat them in 2004 beat them in 2006 beat them in 2012 beat them in the Nations League final in 2019 I mean they really have been the team that Holland just cannot get over this kind of mental block of playing against so if we could do it that would I think it would give us some serious momentum to carry into into a route that that doesn't look that bad. I mean, after that, we'd play Wales or Denmark. Yeah. And then you win that, and boom, you've got a semi-final. So, yeah, I mean, I I think against Portugal, we would be slight underdogs. But then, it, it what gives me a bit of hope, though, is that in the, the Germany game, um, Germany play a fairly similar system to, to Holland's. You know, they play that... Three at the back with the marauding wing back. Um, mm. They have Houston's. We have Dumfries, obviously. And I mean, he completely tore them apart. You know, they kind of just picked a side to overload on, and Portugal couldn't really handle it. So that gives me a bit of hope that maybe we could do the same. But yeah, I don't know. It would be tough, but I think it would be a really kind of big deal for this team if if we beat them. Then you'd look at it and you'd kind of think, wow, we could actually. You know, go really far in this tournament. I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, it is probably the toughest one they could get, but um, yeah, it would be. I mean, again, it's got. It would be probably really tight either way. So uh, it's not like they're just going to roll over them. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think they have a chance for sure. I just give the edge to to Portugal, but hey, at least at least we're. We've got enough optimism to just even see that as a possibility. So uh... yeah, yeah. I mean, before this tournament, if you told me we'd get Portugal in the last sixteen, I'd have been like, "Well, that's us out then." There's yeah. no hope of beating them. Whereas now there is hope, you know. And now that I mean, yeah, these three matches all in all have been really good. I mean, who's looked better than Holland in the in the, in the group stages? Italy, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say that's about it. And so you could debate Belgium, but they've been, they got very lucky against Denmark and they took a long time to, to break down Finland. England obviously looked completely, you know, no threat whatsoever against the mighty Scotland. Um, Germany looked good one match, lost the other. France won against Germany, drew to Hungary. I mean, you know, apart from Italy, we uh, we look right up there with the other big teams. I think, which is which is obviously a good thing to take from the first three games. Yeah, for sure. And it was that was the case uh, going into the tournament. It was like you had France being the the big favourites to win it, 
But other than really then, there wasn't any big standouts. And that that is uh, a, a good thing, the fact that everybody else is sort of on a, the big names are sort of on a similar level, which, yeah, gives the uh, Netherlands a, a yeah, pretty decent standard amongst them. Yeah, it's still really tough to see how it's all going to play out. I mean, I still think France look pretty sharp. I mean, they weren't great against Hungary, but it was a difficult game. Uh, I mean, even Portugal had a, had a difficult time against Hungary. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was no shame in that. But uh, I still think they, like, they could probably do it. But yeah, Italy is the one that stands out the most. I mean... It's the fact that they've looked good defensively as well as going forward. They do have a, probably a bit of an easier group because uh, Turkey have been... What is it with Turkey? What, did they only come out <laughs> against the Netherlands? I mean, I'd, the uh, difference in those two performances from when we watched them against the Netherlands was huge. In uh, every game, they've been genuinely <laughs> terrible. And I was like, what, what is this? Was this the same country? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Italy, sorry, just got some <laughs> Turkish hate in me for some reason there. But um, yeah, Italy on all on everything just look strong. And that's the key thing is that as, as well as going forward, they look pretty cool defensively. Yeah, I mean, they've played good football as well, which yeah. is not something you traditionally expect from, from Italy. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it's uh, I mean, I, I do think going forward, we've looked as good as anyone, as good as Italy even. We've created so much in terms of like expected goals. I think we are top. Um, we've got, obviously, Wijnaldum's got three goals. Dumfries has got two. Depay's got two. You know, we're scoring a lot. It's just, yeah, it is just that def- defensively, we really are looking dodgy. And, uh, and that's really why we can't kind of consider ourselves contenders for the title just yet, isn't it, really? Yeah, not, not up there yeah, with Italy. Sure. Yeah, definitely. If um, if it wasn't for just those glaring problems that you just... I mean, it was almost frustrating watching like uh, Ukraine and uh, definitely Austria, but even North Macedonia. It was, I, was, I felt frustrated on their behalf, really, <laughs> for not uh, tearing apart that, uh, that team because... I mean, North Macedonia obviously had the chances in the first half. Um, if Pat, as I say, if Pandev had, had better players around them, then would have created something. They would have really made it a, a nasty night for the Netherlands. That's the weirdest thing, isn't it? The fact that there's this glaring weakness we have, in that we have no midfield whenever a team wants to counterattack us. I mean, it's a huge weakness, really exposes us, and yet we haven't conceded a goal from it yet. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> Maybe De Boer's stumbled across this kind of this genius uh, tactic where you give them too much space on the counter attack and they just don't know what to do with it. I mean, yeah, it, yeah it, they it think is. it's uh, they think it's some sort of trap. <laughs> it is so you weird. You can't, you can't take the bait. I mean, I mean, it, it must be. I don't. Know, I get, it's got a lot to do with the fact that we have three world class centre backs. I think that can kind of get us out of jail a lot of the time. Um, yeah, but. Uh, to be honest, it is generally it's a pretty good situation to be in. I think in that going into the knockout stages, there's kind of one specific problem we can nail down. You know, it's not just you go through the whole team and like, yeah, it's all crap. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it is just one specific thing that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And it is possible for it to be fixed. I mean, we've got 
a full on. Uh, well, we've had a full week uh, until the next game now. So, you know, there could be something uh, found there, you know, a way to solve it. But I mean, yeah, to be honest, I'm just happy that, that we can have a discussion about one issue that's standing out and not just be looking at the whole team and thinking, where do we start? Yeah, yeah, and it's nice to see them actually play competently. Uh, I mean, even in the worst of the worst era, uh, under like Hiddink and Blind, um, they had a, a decent squad uh, that was playing so far below its level. It was almost impressive to see how bad they, they turned these pretty decent players into. And yeah, now we actually have, play, they're playing the way you would expect. I mean, I think the pie, the pie's been uh, quality. Uh, Vinal, as yeah, Vinaldo and De Jong are just magnificent, and even Dumfries. I mean, I've always been had my frustrations with him, and it's been there in this tournament, like um, early in the Ukraine game when uh, ball fell to Vinaldo <laughs> oh, and the, yeah. <laughs> he side footed the toe, like he did the outside of his good pass. I loved that. I was uh, that was like a highlight of the tournament for me. I just loved the way Vinaldo did that, and that Dumfries was in that much space. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then he goes and buggers off, <laughs> and he did that a couple of times, and that that was just the the thing for me. I was like, how can this guy just always be in such good positions? He, he's always <laughs> like this, and yet he 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 can't actually do anything on the ball. So for him to pop up with with two goals has been like a, a almost a yeah, it's fundamental, like a revelation for for everyone else. Um, and it's yeah, it's nice to see that he has actually had that decisive and positive impact instead of, you know, being torn apart and then also looking like a shambles uh, in the box. Uh, yeah, yeah. And not, not being exposed, obviously, because the system covers for him quite well. So it's it's nice to see him get that that sort of freedom and also look good for a bit. But um, I, I, I tweeted during the first half of the Ukraine game back before we all knew what this man was capable of. I tweeted, uh, imagine how good we'd be if Dumfries knew how to finish. <laughs> he'd missed that easy chance from Van Alden's pass and then he'd headed it from a completely free header wide. Which yeah. was exactly what he did against Gibraltar, funny enough, as well. And I was so done with him at that point. And then, I don't know, he must have read my tweet at halftime because after that, in the next two games, he scored the two chances that he got. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. You provided the motivation for him. I was like, I'm going to show this kid. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm going exactly. to ruin his world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's been the 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 most pleasant surprise of the tournament. I think <laughs> he's turned into this kind of marauding winger. I mean, I don't think you can even call him a wing back anymore. He doesn't do any defending really. No. Which, uh, no, it, it's good fun. And uh, yeah, long may it continue. Um, well. I think that's just about everything covered, really. All in all, pretty happy days from those three matches. And, um, yeah, just feels good to, to be going into a knockout stage with Holland in it and, and, and looking fairly decent, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an uplifting, really. I just hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't end. I hope the next episode isn't us discussing how this team looked so good and then fell at the first hurdle. <laughs> um, yeah. But fingers crossed. Um, well, thanks to everyone for listening today. Um, yeah, the usual stuff. You can find us on Twitter at Clockwork Aranya. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
please, if you have an iPhone, that is. And we'll be back after the, the round of 16 game, um, which I will be at. That's one thing that I'd be okay if we got Portugal. At least I'd get to see Cristiano Ronaldo live. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that'd be something. But um, yeah, so we'll see you in a week, hopefully discussing a fairly easy route to the semi-finals for the Netherlands. Yeah, only time will tell. So, uh, yeah, see you then. Bye.